minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos, Shushan Purim morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Watch this. <laughs> Through the window, a rock with a note on it. Here, let me see what it says. It says, Dear Mr. Shapiro, unless you deposit $10,000 in small bills in a paper bag under the old hollow tree in a vacant lot on the corner at midnight tomorrow, we will kidnap your wife. Sincerely yours, your kidnappers. Boy, some tough cookies. I better write them an note back immediately. Let me see. Pencil, paper. Dear kidnappers, your rack of this date received. I am writing to tell you I do not have $10,000. But please keep in touch. Your proposition interests me. Can you spare a dime for a glass tea? I will not. You stopped me once before today. I gave you a dime for your glass of tea not 20 minutes ago. Mister, please stop living in the past. You were on the continent. That's right. Did you get to Rome? Certainly. Well, what did you think of the Colosseum? All right, if you like modern. I've been watching you here at the grave for over a half hour. I guess the deceased was a close relative. No, I never met him. I why did you die? Why did you uh, die? I beg your pardon, sir. You say you never met him and you carry on like this. 
Then tell me, uh, who is buried here? My wife's first husband. Those who are in the city of Shushan or maybe the city of Jerusalem and are enjoying our 
Jam in the AM live stream on their Purim Day. That's right, on Shushan Purim, they celebrate Purim. <laughs> How do you like that? And I welcome everybody who hopefully had a wonderful Purim. In some cases, a white Purim. In some cases, a bit of an understated Purim because of the weather situation. My gosh, unbelievable. More coming up, Shushan Purim morning. This is JM in the AM. Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Oh, the day they met Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila no one will forget Harvey's a CPA he works for IBM he went to MIT and got his PhD <laughs> Sheila's a girl I know at BBDNO she works the PBX and makes out the checks then came one great day when Harvey took the elevator, Sheila got into floors later. Soon they both felt they were falling. Everyone heard Sheila calling. Ring the bell, but they fell. Harvey and Sheila fell in love. Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila chose a wedding ring Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila married in the spring she shopped at A&P he bought a used MG They sat and watched TV On their RCA Borrowed from HFC Bought some AT&T And on election day Worked for JFK Then they went and got a charger plate from R.H. Macy Bought a lay at Pink and Lacey Then they had twin baby girls Both with dimples, both with curls One named B, one named K Soon they joined the PTA Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila moved to West L.A. Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila flew T.W.A. They bought a house one day financed by F.H.A. It had a swimming pool full of H2O. Traded their used MG for a new XKE Switch to the GOP, that's the way things go Oh, that Harvey, he was really smart He used his noodle, Sheila bought a white French poodle Went to Europe with a visa, Harvey's rich They say that he's a VIP This could be Only in the USA Ah, J.M. in the A.M. 
the great Alan Sherman. Friday morning, it's the 6th of March, the 15th of Adar, celebrating Purim in Jerusalem. Hope your uh, Purim was spectacular. Welcome to a Shushan Purim edition of JM in the AM. The final edition of JM in the AM on Standard Time. We switch to Daylight Savings Time here in the eastern part of the United States tomorrow. Well, I guess more accurately, Sunday morning. Tomorrow night, Sunday morning, 1 a.m. Oh, no, no, 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. Right, 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. So make sure to uh, set your clocks. You don't want to be uh, you don't want to be late anywhere Sunday morning, right? If you'd stay on the old time, you'd be late, right? Anyway, um, <laughs> I sound like I'm still recovering from Purim, don't I? Friday morning, JM in the AM on the Zerub Shabbos Parshas Kisisa with candle lighting time at 5.33. It'll be a lot later next week, but 5.33 candle lighting time on this Erev Shabbos. Ooh. I just remembered something. When is, uh, someone's gotta let me know, and sooner rather than later, when they switch to daylight savings time in Israel. When we do our broadcast from Israel after, uh, on, the, not after, on the 22nd, I believe, of March, I have a feeling they're still gonna be on standard time. Gotta find this out. We need to know that time difference. Oh boy. I'm glad I thought of that right now. The question is, when in 2015 is Israel switching to daylight savings time? We must know this immediately. Normally, we can know it at any pace, and we can find that at any time. This time, we need to know immediately. Uh, anyway, candlelighting at 533. It'll be much later next week. Monday starts Fundraising Marathon 2015. That's what keeps this radio program and this radio station going. Uh, if you're wondering how much to give... Give about three or four times more than you originally thought you'd give. Uh, this radio program, after 32 years, continues to be an unbelievable resource and a fantastic accompaniment uh, to the Jewish world, not just the uh, metropolitan area, but the entire Jewish world. If you're somebody who benefits from it, uh, if you know someone who benefits from it, if you've heard that people en masse love benefiting from it, Make sure to support us here at JM and the AM. Let me see, has it gone up yet? We, we've been so uh, we've been so into the holiday of Purim over the last twenty four hours. I haven't even checked to see if our web okay, it's not there yet. The web banner for the marathon is not there yet. But if you go to jmtheam.org, you'll see the top stories about our fundraising marathon. That's the link where you can give, where you can donate, where you can support us right now. Uh, just go to jmtheam.org. You'll see the story at the top of the page. You can go there right now and send in your nice Shushan Purim donation. Anyway, it all starts Monday. It's two weeks of great radio. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk, but it's great talk, and it's a lot of community talk. And we meet a lot of people, and we bring in a lot of people, and we have some fun here. Uh, make sure to be tuned in uh, Monday morning starting at 6 a.m. That's when we're going to get things started with Fundraising Marathon 2015. And that's when we're going to get things started with this year's fundraising effort. Uh, a lot of snow on the ground, 15 degrees. Hopefully by Monday there will be a lot less snow on the ground. Uh, but 15 degrees, the wind chills at 6. i got to thank Yosef Siegel. I didn't realize till this morning just how much work he did to make sure the car uh, was completely 
uh, free of snow. I don't know if I would have made it out this morning if not for his help late last night after the Purim Suda. So thank you, Yosef Siegel. 15, the wind chill at 6. Sunny today with a high of 31. Partly cloudy tonight, low of 16. Oh, my gosh, another Friday night with a low of 16. Mostly sunny for tomorrow. A high shop is 40 degrees. You wish a line where they're celebrating Purim right now? 65 degrees. Oh, yes, that's the way to do it. Yesterday really slowed down everybody's Purim in our area because of all the snow. It was a rough storm. I doubt there would have been school on a regular day like yesterday with the weather the way it was, boy. That was something. Anyway, 65 in Yerushalayim. We're at 15 with a wind chill of 6 in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. An hour from now, it's Malcolm Honline. He will be doing with us a Shushan Purim weekly update. We'll go over the uh, the speech, of course. We'll do a lot more coming up uh, on the events of the day. Uh, we speak of the holy city of Jerusalem and, of course, the Purim celebration that's going on there today. And then we learn... That just a few hours ago, there was a terrorist attack. Uh, at least five people, including four female border police officers, were injured a Friday morning when a car rammed into a group of pedestrians standing at a light rail station in East Jerusalem. Police are treating the incident as a suspected terror attack. Two of the injured uh, were in moderate condition, three lightly wounded, evacuated to local hospitals. Police said the driver veered from the road onto the sidewalk before getting out of the vehicle with a weapon, attempting to stab passers-by. He was shot and wounded by a security guard. The attack occurred near a border police station in East Jerusalem on Rehov Shimon Hatzadik, an area that is very familiar to many of our listeners. The incident took place in an area that late last year was a flashpoint for violence between Israelis and Palestinians when a series of vehicular attacks left three people dead and around a dozen wounded. So that's what happened today. Um, that is the uh, latest from Jerusalem where they are celebrating Shushan Purim but suffering because of the um, a terror attack, this car ramming into the area of the light rail station earlier this morning. JM in the AM at 21 minutes before 7 o'clock. We'll continue with our Shushan Purim celebration at JM in the AM.
Sally, let's go over the plans. You're going to the bench, and you'll tell him stick him up. Should I take out the guns first? Should I take out the guns first? Dummy! 
Wait till you take out the guns first. No, not here in the street. When you get to the bank, you take out the guns and you say, stick them up. Stick them up. Now, I got, I got it. When you got all of them stuck up, you'll take out the shopping bag from Corvettes. You'll give it to the teller and tell him to fill it up, please. You'll take the bag of money. You'll tell everybody that's stuck up that they shouldn't move for five minutes because you've got the place surrounded by me. You'll back out of the door. I'll be waiting for you in the car. That's it. And believe me, you got the easy job and I got the dangerous job. You got the dangerous job? I'm going in there alone with two guns against six guards and all those people, and I'm going to tell them to stick them up and fill it up and back out of the bank while you're sitting in the car, and you got the dangerous job? Certainly I got the dangerous job. I can drive. J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Shushan Purim morning on a J.M. in the A.M. March the 6th, the 15th of Adar at Shushan Purim on this era of Shabbos Parshas Kisisa. Candle lighting at 5.33, 5.33. Change the clock tomorrow night. 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. Keep that in mind if you're in the United States of America. Monday starts our fundraising marathon for the 32nd consecutive year at this time of year. And there have been some interesting marathons over the years, I'll tell you that much. For the 32nd consecutive year, we are going to uh, take two weeks out of our broadcast schedule and give you some wonderful information, great entertainment, fantastic discussion, and a real community-wide effort. One that goes internationally, and that is raising money to keep this radio station and radio program going. And we ask everybody to be as generous as possible. We ask all the rabbis and synagogues this Shabbos to remind their constituents just how important a radio show this is. And we remind all the parents and all the kids and all the grandparents and all the grandchildren to make sure to uh, set aside some uh, some money for us here at JM and the AM and WFMU. Keep us going for yet another year. There is a link. If you go to the top of uh, org, there is a link which you will find, um, which you will find is a link you will find the very top in, a new, in the news store, top news story at jmnam.org. You could support us via the web right now. You could actually do it right now or anytime over the weekend. If you want to wait till Monday when the phones open up, no problem. You could do that as well. We'll have a, a special phone number as we always do designated for your pledges. And we look forward to greeting you. If you want to be part of the two weeks in any way, shape, or form, want to lend your support in even uh, a greater way, uh, then we ask you to um, email us, nachom at wfmu.org, and um, and uh, we'll forward that on to the right people and get you involved over these two weeks here at JM and the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. Galait Zal in the background. News from Israel coming up on this Shushan Purim terror attack in Yerushalayim this morning. Light rail station, another car ramming into a crowd. 
Five moderate injuries, it's being described. The article we read earlier was from the Jerusalem Post's account of the uh, terror attack this morning in Yerushalayim. Meanwhile, Shushan Purim celebrations, thank God, continue. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next to JNM. Galay Tzal, Ashaa 2, Kan Karmit Reuven Betzalel, Ima Shakore Akshav. Pigua Adrisa Bi-Yerushalayim. Bevate Acholim Babira Adayim, Mouchpazim 5, Mabtsuim, Bahem 4, Shotrot Magav, Bemetzav Kalad, Beinoni. 2 Israelim Nusafim, Ugderim Nifgei Harada. Hamechabel, Muhammad Salima, Ben 21, Mera סלמוד נורא ונפצע קשה. בשבק אומרים כי הוא אינו מוכר לכוחות הביטחון וכי יש לו עבר פלילי. אי אפשר למגן את ירושלים בכל מקום וכל נקודה. ירושלים היא באמת מסומנת לפיגועים. כוחות רבים נמצאים בירושלים, אבל למנוע את הפיגוע הבא אי אפשר למנוע. מזירת הפיגוע נסעו השר אהרונוביץ' והמפכ"ל דנינו לבקר את השוטרות שנפצעו ומאושפזות בבית החולים שערי צדק. מצב של הפצועות הוא, הוא טוב והפציעות הן יחסית קלות, שזה הדבר הכי חשוב עכשיו, לנו, לבני המשפחות. אנחנו סיימנו ערכת מצב שבה הוצאנו הנחיות גם לירושלים, גם לכל הארץ. אנחנו נגביר את ההבטחה. התקווה שלנו היא שהאירוע הזה לא אומר שום דבר, אלא... שהוא נקודתי. כתבינו יותם ברגר ואלדר גילרן מוסרים שלמרות האירוע חגיגות פורים בירושלים שמתקיימות היום נמשכו כסדרן. בליכוד אומרים שהדיווח הבוקר בידיעות אחרונות לפיו ראש הממשלה נתניהו ניהל בקדנציה הקודמת משא ומתן על חזרה לקווי 67, חלוקת ירושלים וזכות השיבה הוא עוד קשקוש פוליטי כהגדרתם של נוני מוזס. מדובר בטיוטה להצעה אמריקנית שנתניהו מעולם לא הסכים לה והפרסום הוא גיבוב של שטויות, כך בליכוד. השרה לשעבר ציפי לבני מהמחנה הציוני אמרה בצהריים ראש הממשלה מוותר בעצמו ומאשים אותנו בחולשה. מה שנתניהו עושה הוא עוקף בלי לאותת במסמך הזה את אותם עקרונות שנקבעו. זה כל כך עלוב העובדה שהוא מאשים אותי בוויתורים כבדים כשאנחנו עמדנו על העיקרון שגושי ההתיישבות יישארו חלק ממדינת ישראל, שלא תהיה זכות שיבה ושהקמת המדינה הפלסטינית היא הפתרון לעניין הפליטים והנה הוא לכאורה מסכים לכניסה של חלק מהם הנה. שר החוץ ליברמן הוסיף, זו חזרה על השגיאות שנעשו בהתנתקות, לו המסמך היה מגיע לממשלה, ישראל ביתנו הייתה מתנגדת באופן נחרץ. שרת החוץ של האיחוד האירופי פדריקה מוגריני במסר לנתניהו נחתום רק על הסכם טוב עם איראן. כתבתנו עופרי אשל. אני מאמינה שהסכם טוב נמצא על הפרק, אמרה מוגריני בכינוס בנושא מדיניות חוץ בריגה והוסיפה. אנחנו צריכים להעביר לכל שותפינו וחברינו את המסר שנחתום רק על הסכם טוב. בעוד שבועיים התחדשו שיחות הגרעין בין איראן לשושה מעצמות, במטרה לחתום על הסכם מסגרת פוליטי עד סוף חודש מרס. בית משפט השלום בחיפה העריך עד ליום שני את מעצרו של מועיד מוזידת בן 31 מהצפון, החשוד שהתחזה לרופא בבתי החולים כרמל ורמב״ם. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר שהחשוד טען בפני עורכת דינו כי רק ביקש להיכנס לספריות בתי החולים כדי ללמוד למבחן וכי לא בא במגע עם מטופלים. התחזית לסוף השבוע, עלייה ניכרת בטמפרטורות, יעשה חם ויבש מהממוצע בעונה. ולסיום, אלפים משתתפים כעת במסיבת הרחוב לכבוד פורים בכיכר המדינה בתל אביב. לידיעת הנהגים, הכיכר והרחובות הסובבים חסומים לתנועה. מאולפן גלגלצ נמסר בנוסף שאיילון צפון עמוס ממחלף חולון עד מחלף לגוארדיה. אלה החדשות שעורך 
הדר שיפר, ביצוע טכני, אבי כהן.
What is it? <laughs> what could I do for you? This is going to sound just utterly ridiculous to you, but I'm moving, you see. And in an old coat in a trunk, I found this shoe repair ticket that must be seven or eight years old. It's for some shoes I brought in before I went into the Navy, and then I moved away from Brooklyn, and now I found this old ticket. And I know it sounds ridiculous that you would have the shoes after seven years, but I took a chance. Oh, I get it. You're that fellow from Candid Camera. <laughs> No, 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 sir. Honestly, look, look, here's the ticket. Let me see it. Are you out of your mind? We haven't even used the numbers in years. Next. No, please, sir. No, no, it was a long trip here from Baltimore. I know it's ridiculous, but please, take a look in the back. All right, all right. I'll look. I'll be right back. This is very embarrassing. But after all, they don't make shoes like they used to. <laughs> How can I be foolish enough to think that after seven years that they would still... Hey, mister from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> yes? You're not going to believe it. <laughs> you mean you found my shoes? Was it with half soles, leather heels, <laughs> and metal tips? <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. It'll be ready Tuesday. J.M. in the A.M. Shushan Pura morning celebrating here on a on a Friday Erev Shabbos. 16 minutes after 7 o'clock, you heard La Yehudim from Ari Boyanju. You heard uh, Ish Yehudi done by Shwebel Sharf and Levine. Mordechai Ben David coming up in a moment with a classic. It's Erev Shabbos Parshish Kisisa with candle lighting 533. It's the last time in a while that it's going to be such an early Shabbos next week will be on Daylight Savings Time. Make sure tomorrow night your clock moves from 2 a.m. immediately to 3 a.m. Daylight Savings Time begins uh, tomorrow night. Monday is Fundraising Marathon 2015, one of everyone's favorite times of year. When we uh, ask you to keep us going here at WFMU and JM in the AM. And I certainly hope you'll uh, you'll do it again for us this year. Keep us going with the funds that we need to keep this radio station afloat. State of the station with our great general manager, Ken Friedman, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour on Monday. And um, we'll give you enough reasons, trust me, why you should continue to support this great radio show and what kind of bargain the Jewish world is getting through this great radio show. Uh, No matter where you are around the world, support us. You can go to jmdm.org right now. There's a link in the very top of the page for top of the page, uh, top of the home page news, the top news story has a link where you can support us right now in advance. Make sure to do so. 15 degrees, six is the wind chill sunny with a high of 31. The good news going up to 40 tomorrow and apparently we may hit the fifties next week. All right. Woohoo. <laughs> More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
cabeça sem vida
yeah, JM in the AM. Oh, yes, JM in the AM. Oh, yes, we love JM in the AM. <laughs> I'm getting into we love JM in the AM mode as we uh, begin our big fundraiser this coming uh, Monday morning. We'll be gathered together and we'll be presenting two weeks of fun and interesting programming as we ask everybody out there to support this great radio station and keep us going for another year. Um, Friday morning on this uh, Shushan Purim. Welcome to a Shushan Purim edition of JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa with candle lighting time at 5.33 on this Erev Shabbos. 5.33 candle lighting. Don't forget we switched to daylight savings time. Starting tomorrow night, there'll be a six-hour difference between the New Jersey, New York area and Israel. There'll be a six-hour difference starting tomorrow night that'll last... For about three weeks, a little less than three weeks. Uh, we go from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. immediately. An immediate switch on Sunday morning, late tomorrow night. Keep that in mind. Daylight savings time right around the corner. And as we said, Monday starts our big fundraising marathon. 15 degrees, the wind chill at 6 with 65% humidity. Winds west at 6 miles per hour. Sunny today with a high of 31. 16 the low for tonight. But guess what? Tomorrow we hit 40. And then apparently it goes higher than that next week. Now we're talking. Uh, we're at 15 here in Jersey City. Yerushalayim is enjoying 65-degree weather on Shushan Purim as they celebrate Purim in Yerushalayim. A big celebration aside from that uh, terror attack. Thank God nobody seriously injured five moderate injuries in that attack uh, on the Jerusalem light rail station earlier today. Sunny with a high of 31. Right now we're at 15. JM in the AM and um, Malcolm Honeline is coming up. Our weekly update will uh, commence at about 7.40 this morning here at JM in the AM. So the weekly update's coming up. A special greeting to those who are tuned in around the world on the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app. A special greeting and hello and a happy Shushan Purim to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um Hey, Yeshivat Noam students, make sure to wish Mora Adina Mermelstein a happy birthday today. If you're a Yeshivat Noam student, make sure to wish Mora Adina Mermelstein a very happy birthday, as do we from all of us here at JM in the AM.
Beach AM and the AM. Celebrating Shushan Purim at JM in the AM. Monday starts Fundraising Marathon 2015. Join us for the 32nd consecutive year that we're asking you to support us and keep this great radio station going. Candlelighting later at 5.33. We'll switch to Daylight Savings Time tomorrow night. 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. Keep that in mind, everybody. JM in the AM, Shushan Purim morning. Malcolm Holmline and the weekly update coming up at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Oh, yeah, Simcha Liner with Simcha. That's the name of the song. Friday morning, Shushan Purim morning at JM in the AM. Yeah, you can tell it's a day after Purim. You can tell by my presentation this morning, right? I know. It has that Purim feeling to it, doesn't it? <laughs> um, woke up early this morning. Woke up early. And I got to give Yosef Siegel a lot of credit. Without his help, late last night, it would have been very difficult digging that car out. I can tell you that much. So I thank him. Uh, a lot more snow than I anticipated. A lot more snow than anybody anticipated. Uh, those of you who are uh, not from the New York, New Jersey area, you may not be familiar with the fact that we spend Purim in the midst of a white Purim with many inches of snow, rough weather throughout the day, and uh, no doubt some cancellations when it came to the Purim Suda and the travel in general, Mishloch, Manos deliveries, etc. So a very unusual Purim weather-wise, that's for sure. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa with candle lighting at 5.33. We'll switch to daylight savings time tomorrow night, which means there'll be a six-hour difference between uh, the eastern time zone and Israel for a couple of weeks. We'll uh, switch tomorrow night. 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. Uh, 15 degrees, the wind chill at 6, sunny with a high of 31. We may actually hit 40 tomorrow, believe it or not. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our incredible Nahum Siegel Network live stream to all their millions of readers. And speaking of millions, they don't have millions of articles, but it seems that way. Uh, if you want to print out some incredible material to read about current events and analysis about what's going on in this world of ours uh, before Shabbos or anytime, you go to JewishWorldReview.com, you will be impressed with the voluminous and incredible collection of articles that they've culled together for our convenience. And I thank them for being one of our great supporters. Speaking of, uh, speaking of great supporters, next week on Monday, Fundraising Marathon 2015 begins right here at JM in the AM, where we ask you to help support us and keep WFMU and this great radio show going for yet another year. Uh, make sure to give generously. There is a link at the very top of jmtheam.org in that top news story about the fundraising marathon. And Monday, of course, we'll open up the phone lines and ask everybody to give generously. Give three, four, five times what you were thinking of giving. That's how much we've proven ourselves over the years. That's how reliable we've become. And that's how important we've become to the Jewish world. We're asking now for a consideration not just double, but of five times what you are considering. Imagine that. And more details, of course, Monday here at JM in the AM. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday Shushan Purim. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Hope you enjoyed your Purim. Yep, with the shovel and all. Yeah, boy. Even you have to shovel, huh? Even I. You'd think, with the stature you've attained, that you'd have somebody else shovel, but you insist on getting out there and taking care of it yourself. And to all those who stop to take pictures, please <laughs> burn them. No one would believe it anyway, Malcolm. Come on. That's what they say. <laughs> Everybody holds by my theory. Uh, all right, we start with what happened this morning in Jerusalem, uh, another terror attack, one of these uh, car rammings which injured five. Thank God it seems none of them considered to be uh, serious injuries. What do we know about this morning's attack? The guy was from East Jerusalem, and uh, it does appear to be a terrorist attack, though it hasn't been formally identified as such. Um, and the most important statement was Barkat's reaction. 
that everything go ahead, and the police said they can handle it, and the celebrations of Purim, as you know, because it's Jerusalem and at Walled City, it's, it's a day later, and the um, uh, celebrations, Adu Yada's celebrations are continuing unabated. Uh, it's interesting. I read an article about this attack early this morning on the air, and a listener called after I read uh, a sentence from this article and said, were you reading from the New York Times? I said, why do you think I was reading from the New York Times? In fact, I was reading from the Jerusalem Post. Because at the end of the article, it says the incident took place in an area that late last year was a flashpoint for violence between Israelis and Palestinians when a series of vehicular attacks left three people dead and around a dozen wounded. Isn't that a little bit of a misrepresentation of those attacks in Jerusalem? Certainly say so. Uh, takes the world a long time to catch up, but uh, and and uh, this attempt to equalize everything, everything, and to share blame when there is no blame on the Israeli side. I just saw the UN yesterday came out and and, and identified the Hardov attack in January, in which two Israeli soldiers were killed. Now they just say it was a violation of Resolution 1701, which was adopted after the 2006 war in Lebanon. So two months later, they finally have identified it as a violation. There's no consequence. There's no punishment. There's no real condemnation. Um, but, but at the time, they couldn't see that it was a violation immediately. And I think that it's reflective of the kind of coverage and, and the, the, the attempt to uh, always put Israel in the worst possible light. Yeah. But thank God the American people see through it, see through all of the stuff they did this week, the polls, that we're seeing now are really quite remarkable on the issue of Iran. Uh, we have uh, three or four polls that have come in from Israel and from the United States, and uh, I'm sure you've seen some of them, but it's really remarkable when 84% of Americans say allowing Iran to get a nuclear weapon uh, in 10 years is a bad idea, yeah. and, that, and that the majority of Americans, like two-thirds, favored the U.S. taking even military action against Iran if that was the only way to stop them. Uh, I, I'm just going to point out one more time that we were referring to the Jerusalem Post in this article, which, uh, you know, you, you'd think they'd know better, but okay. I think the point is you now... You mean that you would not be reading the New York Times, right? No, 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 that's not what I meant. <laughs> You're lucky it's Purim. If it wasn't Purim, I wouldn't let you get away with that line. Uh, <laughs> a little Purim spiel aimed at Nahum Siegel. Anyway, um... The, the the only poll, frankly, that really caught my attention yesterday, and we'll wait a few minutes before we discuss it in depth, was the 24 seats each for Labor and Bibi. That was a little shocking in light of the speech, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Malcolm, I can't get past this. We had we had a show on, um, uh, we did on the stream and preempted everything right before the speech. We did analysis right after the speech, which was really well received, and I could not get off the point that with everything that was going on, all the details that need to be discussed regarding BB's speech at the joint session of Congress, I can't get past the fact, thankfully, that a prime minister of a sovereign, independent, strong state of Israel shows up in Washington, D.C. a few decades after World War II, and knowing what our history is, 
and is received the way he was. And I even posted on Facebook as the speech was going on, and I realized, you know, how BB always ends with some type of drama. In this case, the, the puzzle he used was unbelievable, and the, and the dramatic piece at the end was fantastic. And I said, here it comes. I, as he started that segment, I wrote, here it comes. I wish every persecuted Jew in history could now hear the words he's about to say. Does that ever get old for you, that, that here the prime minister of Israel is being received in this way by the most important legislative body in the world? I was at all three of his and the other prime minister's uh, speeches before the joint sessions. This one obviously had the most drama and the build-up, and if, frankly, if the administration wanted to make sure that people paid attention to this speech, it probably was one of the most listened to or watched speeches in, in uh, certainly recent history, and the, the, then they couldn't have done a better job to promote it. True. And normally, if you would have announced a speech on Iran, given in the joint session or anywhere else, it would have gotten minimal attention. So I think, uh, I must say, when I sit there, I think of the same thing. I think about what would have happened if in 38 people would have been able to do this, or 39, or what if Winston Churchill had been able to come before them, or the eyewitnesses who came out and knew what was going on and came to warn and to, it wouldn't have been, as B.B. said, not just the six million Jews saved, but the tens of millions more who, who were killed. And one of the things that was interesting and, and, and more significant, I think, than people picked up because of the rest of the issues, his reference to the Moses uh, depiction right. in the Congress. I don't know if the image of Moses overlooking the lawmakers. It's right in the middle. I happen to be sitting right below it. It, at the session, and it's directly opposite the speaker's platform. And and what's interesting, on either side are 11 profiles of great figures who affected American life, American law. And the they, the 11 on one side face left, and the 11 on the other side face right, all towards Moses in the center. And this is, I think, the, the influence and the drama and the significance of the moment should not be lost on anyone. Unbelievable. Historically, it's just unbelievable. And you know what I mean, not just re- not just referring to World War II, but if every persecuted Jew who ever wondered, is, are things ever going to get better? Is there ever going to be a time that I could live freely, that I, that I could have a role in this world, that I could be respected as a person? If every one of those Jews could have heard that segment of the speech, it would have been amazing. Just incredible. Anyway. Uh, we go to the contents of the speech. So how did he do? Did he make the case well? I'm sure you thought a million times before the speech what approach he should use to actually influence the world through this uh, uh, through this speech about the dangers of Iran and its nuclear capabilities. Did he do a good job or not? I certainly think he laid out the issues, the concerns. You know, the, the president said there was nothing new, and Nancy Pelosi said it was insulting. It was neither insulting. There was New things, by the way, some surprising things, even in terms of the position he laid out, that BB did not ask for zero centrifuges. The implication of what he said was, in fact, that they would allow some uh, modest amount, uh, because he said it can't be left with a vast body of nuclear equipment. Well, when you say vast rather than any, uh, he didn't explain it, he didn't explicate it, So, I th- but I think people picked up. Uh, on that aspect, but in terms of... The New York Times certainly picked up on it. They had a whole analysis about it. Right, that later on, I'm saying at the moment. Right. Uh, 
the the significance I think you see in the that's why I think the polls are important to tell us not just how did the people in that room react and I watched everybody I could see virtually all the members and how some Democrats sat on their hands even on lines not related to the Iran issue and of course that some absented themselves from the from the hall um, and the the fact that you had the provocations, the threats continue. That on the very day that he gives the speech, Iran is doing naval exercises where they do bombing runs at a mock-up of an American warship in the Persian Gulf. If that's not a message, and the fact that the administration didn't find time to condemn that, and that others didn't make the connection between the message that they were sending, <coughs> and I have a whole slew of things that happened just in the last week of of um, the statements from the IEA about the Iranians withholding key information, the blocking access, the, 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 the developments on the ground, which we'll talk about Iraq, and et cetera. All of them are provocations, which shows that this is not a country interested in a partnership and interested in being a peaceful ally. And that while, uh, and I thought Netanyahu's line, that the enemy of your enemy is not your friend in this case, it's right. your enemy. Right. And that because they happen to, to be fighting ISIS, because in many cases they're supporting ISIS, in fact, but they're, they're fighting ISIS because it's in their interest to take over Iraq. I thought also that you know people who expected him to go into the details of the negotiations, that was not going to happen. That would have been a violation. And you notice the Secretary of State and President warned against it, uh, I thought he, he laid out, though, the framework and the, the contours uh, uh, in a way that make very clear a 10 years framework is not acceptable. And you see people now talking about it. And what he achieved, above all, is to put this issue back on the agenda. And I think members of Congress are not going to allow themselves to be sidelined in this debate anymore. At least I hope not. And I hope that they will work, that the administration and Congress will work together, because the only way you're going to get a real united approach of America to this singular threat. He raised human rights issue. He, he showed that this is not just an Israel issue. And you, you saw the meeting between Kerry and the president, the king of Saudi Arabia, Salman, the new king, um, where he essentially reiterates the points that uh, Netanyahu made, the king, uh, of, uh, that is. And others, other leaders, uh, the same thing, that they were essentially endorsing the position without... Uh, saying as much. So positive response to the speech from Saudi Arabia. Any other Middle Eastern countries with positive reaction to the speech? Yes. A number of them have made um, the UAE. Others have made oblique statements. Look, nobody's going to come out and endorse right. uh, uh, the Prime Minister. But I think the biggest endorsement was the, the reaction of the American people. Uh, well, how Israelis react may be very different. As you point out, the polls now are 23-23. Oh, I was shocked. I was shocked that he didn't get... I mean, it, tell, it really tells us what's in the minds of the Israeli electorate. And by the way, for those who... For those who make the argument, you know, BB, uh, it's too little too late at this point. There's an inevitability of Iran having a nuclear bomb. I'll tell you, the reaction from... The, the reaction to those... Uh, uh, to, to this speech by Israelis with the polls barely moving, somewhat uh, says that, I think, that, that Israel might believe that he's the best when it comes to security, but, but they're getting ready for a situation where they know that Iran's going to have a bomb. Well, 
I think that the Israelis have been wrestling with this much longer and in more depth because obviously the threat is seen. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure that the Israeli public doesn't react like most publics do, because if you if you see that their reaction to this speech on the security as a security speech, it was 4639, uh, whether it was worth it, etc. But if you see the poll afterwards on who you could trust on Iran, Netanyahu at 41, and uh, and Herzog uh, six, Obama 15. Right, but it's not it's not the issue anymore. It's not the issue they're voting on anymore. Well, that's the point. They're voting still on domestic agenda, but I, I think that he successfully put the security issue up front now. Then why didn't he gain a couple of seats in the polls? Because you have to wait and see. As I told you often, you know, Israelis tell the truth to pollsters and lie at the polls. So 11 days from now, if if if, 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 if Likud gets five more seats 11 days from now than Labor, you would not be shocked. None of that would surprise you. I would not be shocked that when people go into the polling booth, they ultimately have to make a decision, and I think often decisions on security. Look, there is a there is a fatigue factor, and Netanyahu has been in there years, and and people say they don't want him, but they, they haven't decided that there's anybody better. But that's why uh, um, Herzog and the Zionist camp have moved up, and were were close. But Netanyahu did gain at least one, and in some polls, two seats. The latest poll today, I think, shows him at twenty three twenty three. So it's very it's going to fluctuate a great deal, and and people you know who speculate based on on a particular poll I think are going to find themselves disappointed because it will change you know over the next couple of days uh, every day. How about it, how about the members of the United States the Senate and House? How many of them? What percentage were sitting there saying you know what? This is great rhetoric. It's an important security discussion. It's very important to remain a top topic, but. You know, with the leadership we have now, basically we're going to have to cave in and and understand that Iran is going to be on its way to uh, having a nuclear bomb. Well, I think less after the speech, but primarily those who were convinced were were re- reaffirmed. Those who were opposed probably remain opposed. But the people in the Senate, the undecided, may have been influenced, and especially his broader picture, the human rights violations, the danger to the region, the support of terrorism, things that we know and, and we talk about, uh, you know, and the, the growing uh, encirclement of the Middle East and citing what happened in Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, which we did on this show months ago already. And, and now we, we see reports even that uh, the spreading influence in, 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 in Iraq and certainly in Syria but the military influence that even the U.S. Uh, has spoken, officials have spoken this week about what's going on in Tikrit, where, where Soleimani, the head of the Iran Revolutionary Guard himself, is present, where you see uh, Afghani, Shiite, Afghani refugees from the Hazara people um, are, are fighting now in, in, um, uh, in, ter- in Iraq. And what their leader, who's one of the most important pro-Iranian militia leaders, was killed uh, last week there. I mean, we're seeing many things, um, and I think that uh, what the speech will do um, will have to be determined when we face certain decisions. One was the move this week by McConnell, Mitch McConnell, well-intentioned move to move up the, 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 the um, discussion of the new legislation on uh, additional sanctions, which Menendez 
opposed and, met, and other Democrats because they said they had given their word, and now the Republicans backed off and are going to let it go till the 24th. Uh, I think that that probably is a better decision because they want to have the broadest number, and moving it up would have meant that you would uh, diminish the numbers of senators that would have been uh, in support of, the, of that legislation. And I think the, the, um, the, he, he, he rightly pointed out that the images that people have to see and that you see Iran's transformation from a radical Islamic state to a military dictatorship. You know, with the, uh, Khamenei is very sick. He's in a hospital. Some people say deathly ill, uh, supposedly with prostate cancer that has spread. Um, and the whole question of succession has suddenly come up. Uh, the, uh, but, but what is clear is that the RGC, Iran Revolutionary Guard, is, is, it's going to, the leader will come from there, or at least with their approval, and that you're not going to get better, but the question is what direction it will take, and that could influence not only the negotiations, but everything Iran is doing and its very aggressive stance throughout the region. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live. From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. We want to welcome those tuned in on the Nahum Siegel Network app anywhere around the world. We appreciate it very much on this Shushan Purim morning. Don't forget, Monday starts Fundraising Marathon 2015, our two-week affair each and every year. When we ask you to keep this great radio station and wonderful radio program going for yet another year. By the way, did you notice, this was pointed out to me by a listener, did you notice the... Um, in the speech, and now, of course, I can't find it. Uh, in the speech, he uh, he talks about how the leader of Iran tweets, how he tweets his anti-Semitic messages, and essentially alludes to the fact that if he's tweeting, it's not meant for the people of Iran. Yeah, because Iran doesn't have a free internet. Right. <laughs> you, you know, in Iran, there isn't exactly free internet, but he tweet, tweets in English that Israel must be destroyed. So he knows who his audience is, and he certainly uh, wants to make sure that we get the message. That's uh, that's for sure. And, um, and, he, and, and many of them, it's not just he, that many of them, uh, uh, we saw that uh, Ali Shirazi, who's one of the senior clerics, uh, said, we'll raise the flag of Islam over the White House. Over the White House. And... Uh, and, and yet, and that message goes out, not only to people of Iran, but also, but mostly for Western audiences right. to see. Hey, can I tell you a couple of problems I have with the speech? Sure. I don't like when when a Jewish leader points out that um, that the six million murdered by the Nazis was not merely a Jewish problem. I, I think I think it's sometimes very important to remind everybody that in fact the the Nazi effort was a war against the Jews and yes, were tens of millions of others certainly you know murdered and did many other people suffer because of it? Yes, but that was a war against the Jews and sometimes it it, it frightens me when people try to defer that identity of the Nazi effort. Am I right or wrong? I think in this case he, his purpose was to show. That while the Jews may be the first victims, we're never the last. You know, the whole idea that we're the barometer, the canary in the mine, right. all those terms, which I also reject because I'm tired of being the, the, the canary in the mine. I'm tired of them being so good at memorials right. but have a problem with living Jews. And I think the universalizing of the Holocaust, which is not what he did, 
uh, is a problem. I think in this context, his message to the members of Congress was, you may see 7 million Jews in, in Israel uh, as being the potential victims now, but it's the whole region, it's the whole area. I mean, you saw that the Sisi in Egypt proposing now a joint uh, uh, Arab uh, force because they have no confidence in the West and because they're worried about what will happen to them. And that's a country of 90 million people. Mm-hmm. And and we see it, you know, throughout the, uh, the Middle East. And what really motivated them more than Iran was the disappointment with that, according to the reports, with the, count, the conference that was held at the White House on countering violent extremism, when they saw that there was no global strategy on terror and no real effort to, to mobilize, that was what drove him to make this proposal now. And, and as I understand, they are, they're moving ahead. He went to the Saudis. He's gone to others. Um, but the, um, they said that the conference didn't go as expected, let alone their disappointment with the inability to stand up to what they see happening in, with regard to Iran. And also, I get a little nervous when the Prime Minister of Israel, in, in trying to describe the way the United States and Israel cooperate, uh, starts citing examples. Uh, starts talking about the, uh, you know, the, the, the summer Iron Dome and, and other instances in recent Jewish history where the United States has been there for Israel. I, I don't know. I get uncomfortable when he starts to cite examples as if we're desperately trying to find, uh, you know, specific episodes where, in fact, we were cooperating. It sometimes makes people think, well, maybe maybe in reality, you know, behind the scenes there isn't as much cooperation as we think. What do you think of that? I, I thought a lot about it, obviously. I, I think he overdid it a little bit, maybe, according to people, you know, I spoke to even some members of Congress, uh, but the point was to show Hakar Satov, to show appreciation, and to try to downplay the, the rift, the public rift between the United States and Israel, which serves nobody's purpose, neither country's purpose. Um, but you can't paper over what was said, in the, in, and including the reaction, at which many people cited as immature or inappropriate, um, from the White House saying, we didn't see the speech, but we read it, and there's nothing new. Uh, I would, if I were them, I would have ignored it might have been a better tactic uh, but the there was nothing insulting there was nothing there i think that that should have been uh, a provocation uh, i think but i think netanyahu's point in doing that was there are a lot of things that you don't see nobody thinks about usaid in regard to the forest fire and he's trying to show how in fact the ties between these countries are so strong right yeah i guess uh I guess that's true. Um, all right. Anybody uh, in Israel? I mean, I would assume that the media in Israel has uh, has completely used the speech, uh, you know, for their advantage, depending on on which side they're on. Those who are pro Likud obviously are using it that he's now a you know an enhanced Jewish leader with all this recognition, the most important legislative body in the world. And the others, I would guess, he's under. And we don't always see this. That's why I'm asking you because you get the reaction from Israel. I would assume he's under tremendous criticism by some for even appearing in Washington and even making the speech to begin with. Well, the, the polls show that it's uh, it's pretty close split on that question in, in Israel, but the, the reaction to the speech was very positive. It does not necessarily translate into the bump in the polls that you were looking for, but, you know, Israelis face a lot of critical issues. For them, the, the content wasn't new because he has said it 
to them before. Right. As I said, it takes on much more significance given Khamenei's illness and the the potential implications of a transition or uh, what could happen short term or or uh, longer term. I think what what impressed many more was this, this these reports that the administration is going to make a, another push for peace before the end of uh, the president's term and. Um, the announcement by the PA, the Palestinian Authority, actually by the Palestinian Central Council, which is PLO, uh, calling for an end to security cooperation with Israel. And while no change on the ground supposedly so far, uh, it's up to Abbas to, to implement this decision, which obviously the U.S. and others oppose, and it's based on Israel withholding the tax revenue. But those kind of things, I think, get more of an immediate uh, um, reaction in Israel because it's something uh, that they face every day, and we will see whether there, there's any truth in their concern about the renewed tunnels again by Gaza in Gaza, and the reports of rearming and that, that they're going to double their numbers of number of uh, missiles, and that Egypt is shifting its focus and its troops from the Sinai because they have bigger problems along the Libyan border and the. Uh, the Sudanese border, these issues get attention because they pose much more immediate, uh, could have much more immediate consequences uh, um, than, uh, you know, than looking at the Iran issue, which people are waiting to see what the outcome of the negotiations will be. Right. I hate to focus on this again, but just you, you said you were looking at some of the Democrats and the power of reaction, as we would call it. So someone like Nancy Pelosi sat there and, did, and in fact, did not applaud through most of the speech. I know there were times that everybody could right. applaud and stand up, but through most of it would just sit there. Was there a large percentage of the hall that was just sitting there? Well, the, the, the diplomatic corps obviously never applauded. Right. That's protocol. So people saw that and thought that was with Democrats because they're to the to the other side of the Democrats uh, towards the wall. The um, there were two or three rows where I would say the majority sat through most of it, did applaud at different points, especially when he praised the president and when he spoke about the future and his uh, references to Elie Wiesel. But there were some who didn't even get up for that. Nancy Pelosi did. Uh, from what, what the times I, I looked at her, I was focusing on, on a number of people. And by the way, there were reports that Charlie Rangel didn't come. He did come. I saw him there. Yeah, we saw him also, right? And, uh, you know, he was attacked by some saying he walked out, he walked in, he walked out. I have no evidence that's true. I've been asked if anybody saw him walk out. And uh, Hakeem Jeffries and Yvette Clark all deserve credit because of the pressures that were brought to bear on them, heavy uh, pressures, and yet they came, and people should write them today and thank them and say we appreciate the fact that you were there to hear the message because, you know, we criticize and people put pressure on them to go. It's important to say, it, call as their offices, doesn't take much of an effort, and just say thank you and that we want them here because they, some of, one of them told me that the messages they were receiving were 80 to 20 against going to the speech wow. because the others do it and we sit on our hands and the people who care about Israel and care about the this issue of Iran often sit on their hands so and, and you know that the American people are with us we know that from all of the polls post speech that show uh, you know this overwhelming uh, references to to uh, Iran being seen unfavorably as a danger I mean American people get it 
and I think the the uh, and see it as a survival issue for Israel to, to a large degree. What's the deadline? When will it be announced? When will this deal finally be consummated? Well, if they consummate it, it will be on the twenty fourth. There are reports that they're moving ahead. As you know, uh, there's another round coming up, and Zarif and Kerry met extensively. We'll have to see whether the uh, what the nature of the deal is. There's still differences. The question. Uh, to look for is what kind of intrusive inspection regime is there? What do they do about past military developments? What do they do about Parchin and the weaponization and the missiles, which are not covered by the agreement? Is there anything in there about that? Do they do they set a deadline? Is there a sunset clause, which I think most people now, nobody was discussing before. I think now the 10-year, because of the speech, the 10-year uh, proposal, which may have been just leaked and you heard that the president said that it will be double-digit numbers. I heard the same thing that uh, when Susan Rice spoke at the APAC, she said it will be more than 10 years. Uh, but the point is that in all that time, nothing gets dismantled, nothing gets taken apart, nothing is reduced. You, you leave it intact. And the idea that they can increase the 20% uranium but when they're increasing the speed of the new centrifuges, they're on the eighth, IR-8 already in the research, they'll be able to go from 5% to to 90% much faster than before, so the 20% becomes uh, less relevant. And people, I know these, these details may bore people in the audience, but these are life and death issues. These things are important. You've got to understand what, what is important in the proposals, in the changes, and the things that we're being told are good or bad, and, and what, what do they really mean um, if, if, uh, in the region, what they mean for Israel. Every detail is really significant. You know, it's funny because we were in, we were trying to have an influence, and I think we had a very very uh, active and positive influence on different schools to show the speech and to encourage your students to hear it mm-hmm. and to see it. And many did, and we heard from people. But at some point, I, I said this in the post speech analysis as well. At some point during the details, during the minutia in the middle of the speech, before we got to that point where I was waiting for the drama, I was saying to myself, "Oh, I feel so bad for some of those high schoolers who are pro- whose eyes are probably." glazed over listening to all these details and yet it's so funny how many people were angry or upset that he didn't say anything quote-unquote new that he didn't bring out even one or two points that had never been discussed or never had been discovered before and based on what you said earlier in this conversation you don't think that was his role was to go go into uh details of the negotiations and expose anything to the public and he did. You have to know how to read between the lines. If people are looking for a very specific detail, that, that wasn't going to happen. And that, that would have been a violation. It would have, and then they would have said he sabotaged the talks. Right. My eight-year-old grandson, Benjamin Bach, called me uh, on, at night. And clearly in his school, and Yamna and my another grandson in, uh, 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 called me and said, what, what, does, what is the deal? But when an eight-year-old or nine-year-old asks you, it shows how important it was that the schools watched it, yeah. that the kids for the one time really understood that there's a really critical issue and that they could be proud to see a leader of Israel stand before the country, stand before the members of Congress. So forget about whether they know all the details or understand what happened with Iran. The fact that they made it relevant to them that and, and the degree to which you pushed it was very significant and uh, uh, that the in North Jersey, that that Yamna, that other schools took the time. I guarantee you, the kids will get more of that out of that in the long run than whatever else they might have studied for that short time. 
It's very important, and it shouldn't end with this. Now should be the beginning of the discussion that young people should be talked to. You know, the Pew uh, uh, studies, which you know we've discussed in the past, some of their polls, they're neutral, they're uh, a neutral source. They say that Jews have been harassed in 77 countries. That's 40% of the world. And in Europe, in 76% of the countries. When anti-Semitism is growing, when the dangers to the world are growing, Young people have to know, if we want them to be involved later, there has to be some basis, and that comes through education, and the schools can play a critical role at this point in helping to acclimate, not to scare them, right. but to, you arm them. That will, will make a difference later on. If we ignore them and say, oh, well, we'll wait till they get to college or when they're Yeah, school, they're more resilient than the adults. Late. They're more resilient than the adults. <laughs> All the adults I speak to are panicking about the end of the world. The kids are taking everything in stride. That's true. And with the Israeli election, people should take the school should take the time to explain what it is about, what what is at stake, what are the different parties, how, who are the candidates. Let them know, let them see, so they they relate to it, that they will find it more of interest. And when they see the reports, they will read them. Then, Malcolm, I can guarantee you this. The days when the Jewish people remained passive in the face of genocidal enemies, those days are over. We are no longer scattered among the nations, powerless to defend ourselves. We restored our sovereignty in our ancient home. And the soldiers who defend our home have boundless courage. For the first time in 100 generations, we, the Jewish people, can defend ourselves. Prime Minister Netanyahu on Tuesday. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. It was a very powerful line. It was, um, and he repeated it again, if you remember, that yep. those days are over, and it got a huge applause. Israel does not stand alone, and I know that America stands with Israel, and I can promise you, even if Israel has to stand alone, Israel will stand. How great is that? They, they, there were a lot of important lines in that speech, but because there were a lot, I think they got overlooked. And because people were looking, as you said before, for that little detail that right. you know that they want inside information. As people stop me in the streets and all over and ask me, and I try to avoid because you know those who know don't say, and those who say don't know. Right. And in this case, really, uh, but he didn't want to be. He wasn't looking for a provocation. He was looking to tell the truth. Why isn't Iran's naval exercises targeting an American warship a subject of congressional debate, discussion, condemnation? Why isn't there more of a reaction to the expanding influence to this uh, subjugation that they're threatening Bahrain now, they're threatening other countries? Uh, the Sudan will be the next country that they will put on their, their checklist of uh, the places they, they uh, conquered. And as I said, uh, Shirazi's comment is that the White House will be the next. I think these are very important. And we should not get caught up in rumors. You know, the one about that Obama was going to uh, said they would shoot down Israeli jets. Yeah, what was that? In uh, 2014. I, I mean, uh... White House denied that report. It was in a Kuwaiti newspaper originally. Uh, I, at the time, there were such reports that uh, such about such threats. But... As you see, the administration issued a total denial of of it, and no Israeli has confirmed uh, that report. Yeah, well, yeah, that one's a hard that that one was a hard one to believe, frankly, to begin with. Uh, but you know what? It's nobody po talks about the good news that Israel and Jordan signed almost a billion dollar deal. I think it's eight hundred million dollars to build a desalination plant in Aqaba. 
that will bring and they will bring water from the Red Sea to the Dead Sea. They will split the desalinated water, and that Israel will double the water from the Sea of Galilee to Jordan, and that this will have a revolutionary impact on uh, on that area. Number one, saving the Dead Sea from death, uh, resuscitating the <laughs> Dead Sea, I guess, and more importantly, creating many many jobs. And that the number of Palestinians working in Israel in the last four years has doubled. There's almost 92,000 working every day there. Those things never get mentioned. You never see a report on it, you know, in the, in the New York Times or other papers. That's really significant development. Yeah, no question about it. Well, that's it. Shushan Purim morning. This is the certainly a good time of year to remember how uh, the one above keeps a close eye on all of us. And we are, we were represented well uh, by the Prime Minister of Israel this week. Next week, it's Fundraising Marathon 2015. We are going to try to convince Malcolm Honline to join us live in studio. If not, he'll certainly be with us live via telephone. Malcolm, have a wonderful Shushan Purim and a fantastic Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. And remember the lesson of Purim. We will overcome when there's achdus, when there's unity amongst the Jewish people. No question about that. Thank you. 25 minutes after 8 o'clock. It's a Friday morning. Erev Shabbos at JM the AM. Candle lighting at 533. It'll be a much later candle lighting next week. We go to daylight savings time tomorrow night. 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. Make sure to change your clock as the expression goes. Uh, well, I don't even know if you have to change the clock anymore these days. Don't most clocks just change themselves at this point? Uh, but whatever it is, we'll be on daylight savings time starting late tomorrow night, early Sunday morning. For about three weeks, there'll be a six-hour difference between the Eastern Time Zone and Israel. Uh, about, um, about three weeks, a six-hour difference as opposed to seven between the Eastern Time Zone and Israel. Monday is our fundraiser. Keep this radio show going for yet another year. Where on earth can you hear discussions like the one we just had? Nowhere else. That's why it's important, to, and, and for a million other reasons, it's why it's important to keep this radio show going. Um, Monday it all starts. I hope you'll join us. If you want to give right now, you can go to our uh, pledge link, which is in the top news story at jmtheam.org, and you can give right now, or if you want, you can wait till Monday. We won't, we won't mind if you wait till Monday. If you want to give on day one of the fundraiser, Matis Mark, myself, the entire staff, we, we will, we will enthusiastically welcome that without any problem whatsoever. So don't worry. If you were worried about that, don't worry. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and Afrelech Shushan Purim. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisisa. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Kisisa contains nine mitzvos, four positive mitzvos, and five restrictions. In addition, we have in this week's Parsha a the ouch, sin of the golden calf that the Jewish people commit when they miscalculate Moshe's due date for arrival and the Kriyas HaTorah that we had just two days ago on Wednesday. Tanis Esther, the Kriyas HaTorah with the Shlosh Esrei Midos are found in Parshas Kisisa.
I'd like to begin by talking a little bit about today, Shushan Purim. And I've always been troubled as to what is the significance of Shushan Purim. For those who live outside of Shushan, outside of Yerushalayim, Yericho, and maybe Tveria. And on the surface, it appears from the Megillah that it was all a very practical matter. In the Megillah that we read yesterday, in chapter 9 of the Megillah we are taught that those who lived in open cities, they fought their enemies, Amalek, on the 13th of Adar, this past Wednesday, and they celebrated on the 14th, yesterday. In Shushan, however, they fought on both 13th and 14th, and they therefore celebrated one day later on the 15th. In addition, the beginning of the Gemara, Megillah, teaches that any city in Israel that was enclosed by a wall at the time of Yehoshua, when he brought the Jewish nation into the land of Israel, they read the Megillah and they celebrate like Shushan on the 15th. Today, known as Shushan Purim. And the Talmud Yerushalmi explains this law as keeping Shushan Purim as Lachlok Kavod Le'eretz Yisrael, giving honor to the land of Israel that was desolate at that time. So, again, I'd like to understand why do we observe some celebration today, we're not to fast today, we didn't say Tachanun, no eulogies on this day. If we already observed Purim yesterday on the 14th. And I'd like to share with you an interesting insight by Rav Yitzchak Hutna, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, in his Pachad Yitzchak, on Purim, it happens to be easy to remember his 15th chapter, corresponding to the 15th of Adar, and he suggests a fascinating insight. And indeed, let's look as to the history of Amalek and how we encountered and reacted to them. The first time that we see Amalek was what we read yesterday morning in the Torah reading, the last nine verses in Parshas Bishalach. The Torah says, Vayavo Amalek, Amalek came, Vayilachem, and he fought against the Jewish people, Birfidim. Amalek took the initiative and we responded in kind by fighting back. This was the first encounter with Amalek. This last Shabbos, 
Parsha Zohar, we were taught a different relationship to Amalek. The Torah says that when you will settle in the land of Israel from all your enemies around you, then you are to Timche Ezecher Amalek, you are to then go on the offensive and blot out the people of Amalek. And indeed, that's what happened. Shmuel, Samuel the prophet, as we read last Shabbos in the Haftorah, anointed Saul as the first king of Israel. And shortly thereafter, he says to King Saul, go out and destroy Amalek, a communal mitzvah. So we have these two different relationships with Amalek. One is responding to their attack, that is in Bishalach, and the other one taking the offensive and going against Amalek, and this is Parshas Zohar. What is it, our relationship to Amalek on Purim? And interestingly, on Purim we have both. The fighting on the 13th of Adar was to combat the offensive threat of Haman to destroy the Jews. He, as the name of the holiday implies, drew lots, and his lottery fell out in the 12th month, 13th day, that he planned to, God forbid, destroy all the Jews. And so our fighting back was a form of response clearly to the offensive of Haman. However, what Esther, we are taught further in chapter 9, Esther petitioned the king to be allowed to take the offensive against Amalek on the 14th. At that point, there was no longer a threat to the security of the Jewish people. However, Esther was not reacting at that time. She was proactive. She was initiating an attack against Amalek. And this was akin to the mandate which began when Yoshua brought the Jewish nation into the Promised Land. And there he was told that the Jewish people are to initiate the war against Amalek. And so, Lachlo Kavod to Eretz Yisrael, Shushan Purim, says Rav Hutna very sharply, is that on Shushan Purim, we took on the same mandate as was given to Yehoshua when he brought the people into the land of Israel. Namely, don't simply respond to Amalek when they attack you, but you should take the initiative against them. So what is the theme of 
Today, the 15th day of Adar, Shushan Purim, the theme of this day is that we are to be proactive. We are to take the initiative. We're not to sit back. And so, indeed, interestingly, in this week's parsha, when we read of the tragic incident of the golden calf, Moshe has the Levium kill those who participated in the idolatry towards the golden calf. And if you think about it, the Torah tells us how many were killed. Kishloshes alofim, 3,000. Do the math. 3,000 men out of 600,000 is one half of 1%. So why is the Torah making, forgive me, such a big deal out of such a small number that participate. But I invite you to open your Chumash to this week's parsha of Kisisa, and in chapter 32, verse 31, Moshe speaks to the nation, and he says them the following. Ona, chato ha'om hazeh, chato gedola. He prayed to God by saying, "God, I implore. This people has committed a grievous sin. Now, what is this grievous sin? Chato gedola. Why, my friends, is this term?" the description of the sin in a feminine form, why not chait? Why chato'ah? And one of my rabbis said very sharply, the feminine form, the passive form, is to teach us that yes, while only 3,000 actually participated, the rest were guilty because they did not stop. They did not stop them from this terrible act. They did not protest. Unfortunately, quote, live and let live. No, there are times when you cannot take this kind of an attitude of live and let live, but rather you are to be proactive. And so, for example, you find regarding the observance of Shabbos, in this week's parsha, the paragraph of Vishamru, B'nai Yisrael Es Hashabos, literally, that the Jewish people shall guard the Shabbos, La'asos Es Hashabos. La'asos Es Hashabos literally means that they are to make the Shabbos. Now, my goodness, how do we make the Shabbos. So the Orachayim HaKadosh has several interesting interpretations, one of which is a fascinating medrash known to many of us. And I urge you to discuss this at your Shabbos table. The medrash in Bereshis Rabbah 11, paragraph 9, says, Omra Shabbos Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shabbos 
came and protested to God, saying, Lekulam Nasato ben Zug, to each of the days you've given a mate. Forgive me, Sunday has Monday, and Tuesday has Wednesday, and Thursday has Friday. But Vali Ilonasato ben Zug, I stand alone, said, God to the Shabbos, Hare Yisrael, the Jewish people are literally your mate, understood this cryptic medrash by the Orachayim, ki Shabbos choser, the Shabbos was lacking something in terms of its completion, in terms of its creation. And its rectification comes about solely through its observance by the Jewish people. And that's why the Torah says, V'shamru b'nei Yisrael es ha-Shabbos la'asos es ha-Shabbos. Our observance of the Shabbos gives Shabbos its very purpose and significance. And finally, he gives another explanation, and that is, it's not enough for each individual to simply be concerned about his Shabbos, but we have an obligation to be once again proactive and to try to make sure that Our neighbors, our friends, who unfortunately might not realize the special treasure contained in the Shabbos, that we are to try our best to share the beauty and observance of Shabbos so that others as well can la'asos as ha-Shabbos, give the Shabbos day its fullness of character, giving our people even greater glory. So, a freilach hashushan purim, but with it comes the mandate that we are to be very much proactive as Esther was on this very day. Shabbat shalom and a freilach hashushan purim to all. Ah, uh-huh.
JM in the AM Friday morning broadcast. Yaakov Shweki with Kamu Vaneha. Twelve minutes before nine o'clock, it's JM in the AM. Reminder, great day on our stream, like every Friday is. Every Friday is a great day on our stream. Uh, today is Flashback Friday with Naomi Nachman. Today her guest comes from a January show, tour guide from Israel, Joel Haber, Ram VIP Passover representative, Simon Arbacher, and cool book author, Beth Warren. They're all guests of Naomi's coming up between 9 and 10 right after JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned in to Naomi Nachman's Aussie Gourmet Table for Two program here at jmtheam.org. Our friends at Kedem present an entire day's worth of incredible Arab Shabbos musical selections. We call it the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. And that's happening between 10 o'clock and candle lighting time. So make sure to be tuned in all day long for that. We'll switch to daylight savings time tomorrow night. 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. There'll be a six-hour difference between us here in the Eastern Time Zone and uh, and the State of Israel. That'll be for about three weeks, a six-hour difference. Daylight savings time begins uh, Sunday morning. Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa, candle lighting at 5.33. 5.33 is candle lighting time on this Erev Shabbos. 5.33. Next week it'll be a lot earlier, a lot later, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Monday is Fundraising Marathon 2015. For those of you who remember Fundraising Marathon 1984, boy, it's been a while, hasn't it? 32 years worth of marathoning asking you to go ahead and support us at this great radio station for another year. Uh, WFMU needs your support. JM and the AM needs your support. We'll have a full state of the station address with Ken Friedman, our general manager, on Monday. And we're asking everybody to be as generous as possible this year. And to give whatever you can, as much as possible, to make our fundraiser a great success. It starts Monday. You can give right now if you go to the top news story on jmtheam.org. You'll see the link there. You can go to the top news story. You'll see the link. And um, if you want to wait for our phones to open on uh, on Monday, you can do that as well. Jam in the AM with Mordechai Ben David.
David with that Aceous Chayel off of the Shabbos with the Werdigers CD. Hey, I just discovered listener Cena was in touch earlier in the week. I didn't realize we missed one of the birthdays. My apologies to uh, Ima and Abba Florida, as they're known. Oh, no, they're actually known as uh, Bubby and Zadie Florida. Whatever they're known as. Uh, best wishes for a happy birthday to Tzipi Schreiber of Bayswater. We hope you had a terrific day. Wish you a wonderful year ahead with good health, Simcha, and Nachas. And thank you for all the nachas you send our way, say our listeners down there in Florida, through your beautiful Kinderlach. We'll gladly take that anytime. So Mazdav, happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. Don't like to miss those. No, I like to, uh, I like to make sure to do those, uh, long distance dedications. And, uh, glad I did it. Maybe a couple of days late. JM in the AM, ready to wrap things up on this Friday morning. As we get set for uh, an Erev Shabbos uh, Parshas Kisisa, don't forget again, we change to a Daylight Savings Time tomorrow night. We go ahead one hour. 2 a.m. will become 3 a.m. Time to say good Shabbos. It's Journeys at J.M. in the A.M.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Fundraising Marathon 2015 starts Monday. You can give now by going to the top news story at jmnam.org. But make sure to be tuned in starting Monday morning for our two weeks of incredible unity and spirit, community gathering. It all happens here in these two weeks after Purim starting on Monday morning. Make sure to join us. Uh, Naomi Nachman is next, table for two on jamnam.org. A full day of incredible Arab Shabbos musical selections brought to you by wonderful people at Kedem all the way until candle lighting time. Make sure to keep it on our stream all day long at jamnam.org. Wonderful programming all through the weekend. Uh, great programming tomorrow night. Wonderful programming Sunday morning with Matis with JM Sunday. And we are here Monday with our big fundraising marathon. 
Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Don't forget to change the clock. Happy Shushan Purim till Monday. Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.